The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. And welcome back to the TSF Entertainment channel. It's your boy, Retro CG, and I'm joined by the first lady of TSF Entertainment. This really be TV. It's been a minute. It's been a while, but we're back with the jump off. <laughs> yeah, it's a little while, but we're back. I'm good. How, you How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad I'm- to be here tonight. And so we are going to talk about The Best Man, the final chapters. It's season one, episode five, The Party. Uh, Before I hit you guys with the intro, what was your first thought of the episode? After you get that yarn out. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry. I am not clear about the story. I wait mm-hmm. to see where it goes, but I'm not crazy about it. I told you. <laughs> I told you. As we got further on down the road, as we got further on down the road, I said, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> I think we're going to have the same issues. We'll talk about it after I hit you guys with that intro. Okay, all right. So me, not one of my favorite episodes. It was not one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, certain story arcs for certain characters, I, I'm liking the direction that they're going, but the overall premise of this episode, I did not care for. So it's New Year's yeah. Eve. It's the day of New Year's Eve in New York, and everyone is gearing up for uh, their New Year's celebration. One thing I do like about where we're at in the story right now, everyone is settled into their lifestyle, and we get to see everyone's day-to-day lifestyle, uh, basically what they're doing from day-to-day. I think it starts off with Demetrius and Jordan out on a date. And they look like they might be at some type of speakeasy or uh, some type of uh, jazz. Yeah, like a jazz bar or something. Yeah, that's what I'm like a jazz bar or something. And uh, she's enjoying the date, but at the same time, she acts like she would rather be anywhere else but here. And Tara Silver was getting a little too close for comfort. She was like, uh, can you scoot your chair over just a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I call him Terry <laughs> <laughs> You know, and he's trying to give her all the decadence in the world. He's trying to romance her. He's trying to wine and dine her. Where do you think we're going with this? Because after the date with uh, 
he saw her home. That's exactly what he did. Saw her home. <laughs> I don't even think he got to get past the door. <laughs> a kiss on the cheek and good night. <laughs> well, my right, nothing. My thing is this. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but you know, later on she tells him, "Listen, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can get past the way you treated me in the past." And so my thing is. Why even open up that door again if you don't feel like you can trust this man? And don't get me wrong, if you fine, but why even entertain it? Why go out on dates? Why? Why? Let, I mean, I understand that he's whining and dining you, making you feel special or whatever. But all of that, you know. You know that was one of the things that I had uh, a grievance with, so to speak, because. Clearly, she doesn't feel like she wants to pursue this, especially as far as a relationship. I mean, she really wants to remain platonic with this dude. So I'm thinking to myself, like, why even give him the time of day? You know, and he's really pressing. He's not pressing too hard. But at the same time, but at the same time, you you can tell that he's trying to impress her. He's trying to... uh, And the thing about it is, she's on the same level he is financially. So throwing money at her and taking her out to expensive restaurants and, you know, uh, just like in the last review, the last episode, we talked about how he was kind of on some stalkerish type stuff when he showed up outside of her apartment at 5 o'clock in the morning with coffee and you cleared right. my schedule with my assistant. Like, none of that is impressing her. And part of it is because she's a boss in itself, so she's not really going to let any man get that close, let alone one that's already damaged her or hurt her in the past. Like, you're wasting your time. I agree. I agree with you 100%. So, yeah, we kind of got a side eye on on Terry Silver. So, after she gets home from their date, uh, she looks at the invitation to Quentin and Shelby's New Year's Eve party and it switches to Shelby at home and she's just having a breakdown. <laughs> this is the middle of December, 20 degrees outside. She's talking about opening the windows up and turn the fan on. So clearly she's... Nah, she's going through menopause, okay? Because she is and, hot. And this whole thing is going on. And she refuses to concede to it. Like she's like, it's hot. I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but it's hot to me. <laughs> uh, so she's trying exactly. to get her party planned for their New Year's Eve event. And um Quentin seems to be on the phone with maybe one of his father's caretakers or primary caretaker, um, maybe like a uh uh, at home caretaker type person. We saw in the last episode that Quentin's yeah, it father sounds like they, they is, got somebody. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have a delay. I'm sorry. So I, I'm. I'm. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead, make your point. No, I was just agreeing with you that it seems like there's some sort of caretaker in the house that the father is giving a hard time. They can't seem to keep somebody in there with the father. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, Quentin is, uh, you know, trying to work through those uh, dynamics. And, of course, um, 
he kind of wants to get Shelby's opinion on his decision making about wanting to sell the family business or the hotel. And, you know, he's like, do you think I'm a sellout? And she was like, no, I think you're doing a wonderful thing. You're making next level moves. You're creating your own legacy within your family business. So I kind of support how she is supporting him. You know, you you kind of expect her to be kind of money hungry and be like, oh, yeah, sell a hotel or whatever. But, you know, she's made her own money. So, you know, she's not thirsty for money or anything like that. And she's not, you know, like how uh, Zimora was, you know, trying to be in the limelight. She really wants to support him in making the best decision decision that he wants to make um, for his family business. So I'm really feeling, again, I'm really feeling Shelby and Quentin's relationship more than anyone else's at this point. Yeah, that's the funny thing, right? Like, out of all of these couples, they are the couple that we're really like, like feeling rooting for. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, definitely rooting for them. Um, they seem to have less toxicity so, in their relationship versus everyone else's. So far, it seems like that because they definitely seem to be in a good space. Like they definitely seem to be in a good space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think you're going to make a point, or you had a comment. No, I was just going to the next scene. I wasn't making a point. I was just going to the next scene. Go ahead and break it down for me, then. Isn't the next scene with um um Morris Chestnut with his son um trying to get him to play football? Is that the next uh-uh, scene? no. The next scene is Merch at the gym with his uh coach or trainer. Oh, with- oh, 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 oh. My bad. You right. You right. So Merch kickboxing. And he seems yeah. to be doing really well with it. And his trainer is like, listen, I think you I think you're ready to start sparring. And Merch was like, with people like what are you talking about he's like yeah like i think you really i think you're ready for that you know and i'm gonna be honest i mean i know i'm skipping ahead a little bit he actually has this i think they're trying to build up his confidence mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that mm-hmm. i think the dude flopped i think you know what I'm saying? i think they're trying to build up his, because he probably is good but he doesn't have that confidence what do you think um, initially, when we first got introduced to this storyline, I wasn't really, I wasn't really interested in it. But as it evolves, I'm actually really starting to like the direction that Merch's character is going with this, because he needed this balance. He needed this balance because it's kind of going back to his feelings about not wanting to go to the uh, premiere is because we have seen merch in one characterization throughout the whole best man series and now seeing that there's another side to merch and seeing that he has feelings and that the feelings that he sees that his friends have about him or the impression or uh the way that his friends uh kind of uh describe him it's kind of offensive to him. So he's really struggling with that and really trying to find a balance with his life, the kids, 
his wife working on this big project for school. Um, he really just needed something just to make him feel good about himself. And so, you know, it's kind of like almost a self-care thing for him. So I'm really liking the direction that they're going in this. And I agree with you. I think that the coach was really trying to build his confidence up because that's part of the reason why he was there, to just blow off some steam. But now the coach's like, mm, I see talent in you. I see potential in you. So, yes, this may have started mm-hmm. off as you here wanting to blow off some steam. But I think we can take this to another level. Let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I agree the, 100%. So the next scene we have is uh, Robin and her daughter, Mia, are, uh, you know, maybe coming home from school. Maybe she's picking her up from school. Uh, they're walking down the street. And they're just kind of having like a little casual conversation or whatever. And they come across um, maybe a homeless lady and um, they offer her some food. And um, the little girl asked about, hey, mom, you just gave away our snacks. And she basically told her, which was a very strong message, a very positive message, that if you have more and you see someone that's struggling, it's okay to give. We have plenty more. So I really, really like that message that she was trying to convey to the daughter. Mm -hmm. And then here comes her um, produce guy, uh, Jaha. Maybe I can't remember exactly what his name is right now, but um, she meets up with the guy that was at the fresh market stand and um, he takes her to this um, old maybe jazz club or something. And uh, I think this is the first time that we really, really seen Robin pursuing this wanting to open her own restaurant but kind of like a pop-up type restaurant. Can you kind of explain to me what type of restaurant she's want because she refers to it as a pay-as-you-go so what type of restaurant is this she's trying to open up oh i i don't know um i think it's it like a regular restaurant that, to me so i don't know it, it was but uh when she was speaking to harper about it uh actually they go to the restaurant and you know she she immediately falls in love with it and uh you know jaha was like you know my friend's the realtor you know you can get this pre-market you know you got to make a move on it today this is a really good space people are you know uh, yeah like this is prime real estate people got their eyes on you got to make a move quick if you want it so she gets on the phone with harper and she tries Mm -hmm. to explain to harper Hey, I found this space. It's perfect for me. This is what I want. Sight on scene. We need to make an offer on it today. Uh, can you call a realtor and get the details? Ask whatever questions you want to ask. She sent him a video of the space. Um, I kind of want to go piggyback off of her. When he wanted to buy the house, you know, he had to really, really work on her and convince her in wanting to buy a new home. Well, she now expects for him to buy a building and that he hasn't even seen and don't even know all the fine details about the building yet. So I can kind of understand right. she him. Called him like, yeah, she called him like, I, I saw this dress at the store that I want to buy. Go ahead and um, I'm going to send you a picture of it. Um, it's a little bit, you know, I don't have enough on my credit card. Can I use like Like you have a whole piece of real estate like you're buying a whole building like i did think and i mean i get it 
that he wasn't there and he was off writing and doing what he need to do. But I did feel like that was a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. It was a great opportunity. But I, and, and it's not just you're buying a building. You're starting a business. That's a, a serious opportunity. We got to figure out the ins and the outs. You got to get a lawyer. You got to get your stuff set up. You have to get your business. It's, a, and don't get me wrong. Um, a house is a commitment, but that it wasn't just buying the building. It was now once we bought the building, now we got to figure out how you want to start this restaurant. That's a lot. And it's a lot to die in a split second. Like you don't just make that serious decision. And I get it. I could even see if they were already shopping, but it sounds like they had talked about it, put any, any effort into it. So that's a, I think that was a lot for her to just throw at him and be like, so what's up? What we going to do? I agree. It was a lot. And you are absolutely right. And that is exactly the same thing that came to my mind was it's not just you buying a building. We're starting a business and it's a restaurant. So one of the most risky businesses to get off the ground is a restaurant. And there's so many things that are involved with a restaurant. A liquor license, you know, you have to deal with the uh, health department. I mean, there is just so many different things that come into mm-hmm. starting a food service type business, and then you're in New York, <laughs> so that just makes it even more complicated because it's a process: permits, business licenses, you know, liability insurance. You know, there's just so many different things other than, hey, buy this building today and the restaurant's open tomorrow. No, it's not that simple. (laughs) You know, it's not that simple. So the only thing I would say to her frustration is he did not make the call to the realtor to ask whatever questions he needed to ask. However, I do think that that was not... He didn't look into it, right. Yeah, he didn't look into it. However, I do not think that was a decision that he should have been put on the spot to make over the phone. So going back to your thoughts on it, I agree. I think that that should have been uh, just like he took her to the house and gave her an opportunity to look at the house and see what she liked about it, see what she didn't like about it, and offer input. Mm-hmm. He's in a position right now where he can't offer input. And what if you buy this building? What if this building has so many different problems that you can't even open the restaurant because you're not up to code. So there's so many different things right. that that she's not processing that probably going through his mind as he's miles away and not knowing what his wife is wanting to sign him up for. So that to me should not have it should have been a conversation over the phone, but not a decision over the phone. I agree. I agree. The other thing we see is the house is freezing. Something's house and she needs him. And we just see layers of her needing him and him not being there for her. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be a little controversial. I'm sorry. I'm going to say something. I I feel like it's a little controversial. And what I'm going to say is this. When people say, like people who end up having affairs and cheating, and they say it just happened, I think a lot of times people are like, it don't just happen. Like it's a thought. Like you know, you walked into it, you did something. But I think we're seeing this progression. Nobody is trying to be 
the bad person, but we clearly see where this is going. But we saw what led up to it to say, it by any stretch, I'm not excusing it. How I agree. And I don't condone infidelity. However, in this situation, we can see that sometimes affairs are not always intentional. Sometimes affairs mm -hmm. are not always sought after. This is a situation where these two are clearly developing the, the prelude to an affair. <laughs> you know, they're both mm -hmm. not crossing the line. Neither one of them have crossed any lines at this point. I don't think that either one of them has done anything. There's some mild flirtation on his part. She's a little bit, you know, you know, like, oh my. Like, um, you know, she's trying her best to ignore it, avoid it, but it's clearly in front of her, and she's not really knowing what to do with this energy. So she's feeling this energy. But she knows that it's wrong for her to get deeper in. And just like uh, um, Candace warned her, like, you better be careful. You need to put some distance between you and this dude. Yep. Because the more be time that yep. you around him, the deeper into this black hole you're going to fall. So eventually, mm -hmm. this man is going to become this man that she relies on, where she feels like right now she can't rely on her husband. So he's running to her rescue. Right. And he's doing it to be a good friend. I don't think he's doing it to try. I don't think he's pressing her. I think he might be feeling her, but I don't think he's really trying to. Oh, he's not. Yeah, he's not. But he's also seeing this as an opportunity. Your man ain't here to do these things for you. I am. So eventually, we know where this is going to end up. We know where this is going to end up. At least the way they're writing it is very is a very big possibility that Robin and Jaha may end up, you know, crossing the line. So we'll see where that goes. Mm -hmm. So I think we're now at your scene with Vance yep. uh, and um, LJ uh, watching some maybe highlight tapes of some potential players that they want to draft for the team. And you can just see in LJ's facial expression that he'd rather be anywhere else in the world but here. And I couldn't see how his father didn't see his disinterest. Like, but he's so enamored and so wrapped up in watching the I'm video. About to say he sees what he wants to see. Yeah. Yeah. He sees what he wants to see. That he doesn't even see that his son is not interested in this. And he's kind of rescued by his sister, Keith Calling, who's at home trying to take the Christmas tree down by herself. She has a, a, a freak out moment because she broke one of Mia's ornaments. Uh, why I feel like this is the same ornament that she might have broke in Best Man Holiday, but that's <laughs> neither here or there because she broke an ornament in uh, Best Man Holiday, but uh, maybe they repaired it. But um, the daughter is kind of you know having a coming party. She complains that she's not getting any help trying to get the Christmas decorations down. And, you know, Lance is trying to console her and, you know, let her know, I'll help you when I get home, whatever. LJ uses this time to skirt up out of there to go hang out with Kennedy. And Lance's first thought right. is, you sweet cousin, that's your cousin. Like, you know, me and your her dad are best friends or whatever. That's like your cousin or whatever. He's like, no, it's not even like that. But 
You're right. He sees what he wants to see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So then we see so, them hanging out. We see the sun. Huh? Well, hold on a minute. I have one more question. So is this um is Lance supposed to be what like assistant coach now? He's still the coach. I mean, I don't know if he's actually an assistant coach or a recruiter or a mentor. I'm not sure, but he's he's definitely on the coaching staff. Okay, okay. You that's know, what I was sure trying to figure out. Exactly. What title is. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out because I knew that he had made a decision um, or they had decided in the last episode that he was not going to play anymore. So, okay, so he has a position on the coaching team. Okay, got it. Got it, got it. So, uh, Kennedy and LJ are at home. Go ahead. You get to see. Mm Mm-hmm. No, they're in the room. They're hanging out. And, of course, she's talking to, you know, I mean, he's talking to Kennedy and saying, and, you know, dad doesn't get me. I don't know if i ever be able to really tell him, you know, he's not hearing me. Um, and she's, you know, she's, she's a good, she's a brat, but she seems to be a good friend to him, you know. And she's like, listen, you know, you got to live your life and, you know, you, you'll be, be who you're going to be, you know. Um, yeah. Start playing the video, the makeup, and we see them having a good time. <laughs> and who comes walking in? <laughs> um, yeah, Kennedy's dad comes walking in, and he he plays it cool, but he's but he was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, that just took him. That just he didn't know how to process that. That's almost kind of like walking in on her having sex. That's the kind of reaction he had. He had a very like, I don't even know what to do with this type situation. Right. He knows that this is gonna be a big thing. And I thought it was funny to know who to call. Like he immediately knew who he needed to call. Like <laughs> he was like. Did you know about this? Like, what the hell? And it was funny. She, you know, um, um, Nia Long's character was trying to explain. They ended up on a four-way call. They ended up calling um, 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 They didn't want to call him. They said he can't keep a secret. And um, Shelby still hot as hell. It was a fun while they were talking about a serious situation. And it what was. I thought was funny was that the whole time they were talking um my boy terrence howard you know i can't remember these people's names but terrence howard's character is which is a very metrosexual thing to do i'm not saying that makes you gay but i'm just saying that was funny that he's sitting there filing his nails the whole time they're having this conversation i think that was on purpose i don't think that was by accident i thought so too listen i was gonna bring that up i was gonna bring that up that was very metrosexual and he was like he's trying to process cisgender and non-binary he's like what the hell is all these terms you're using while he's sitting here filing his nails i thought that was too right. funny <laughs> <laughs> and he's like right. uh, so you knew about this and he's basically telling jordan that listen you need to tell lance about this and she's like no it's not my place it's not yeah. my place to tell Lance about this, and it's not your place to tell Lance about this. Like at this point, we just need to keep it a secret, 
and let LJ confront his father on his own terms, on their own terms, and let LJ deal with this situation when they decide to deal with this, this situation, which I can understand that part of it, but, you know, Quentin is just like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to be a part of this because I know that shit going to hit the fan when it does come out, and I don't want Lance, because we know that Lance is a hothead. And we know that Lance is going to have a fit with everyone when he finds out that everyone knew this and he did it. So I can understand why Quentin is a little bit concerned about the longer it takes for Lance to find out about this, the worse off it's going to be on all of us because he's going to hold us just as equally right. accountable because we are his best friends and we right. knew something that was going to possibly uh, turn his world upside down and we sat on it. So that's a hard to sit. That's a hard yeah. place to be in. A close friend. That's a hard place to be in. That's a hard place to be. I felt Jordan though. I'm, I have to roll, roll with Jordan on this. It ain't your story to tell. So even though this may do harm to and our friends, you talking about? Life, I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, I was just saying that I agree with you. Like, it, it's not your story to tell. Yeah. It's yeah, just not. Yeah. And you're right. There, there are consequences to the friendship, but it's just not your story to tell. Right. And so I think that Jordan is, you know, she's just trying to see where this is going to go. And at this point, Lance has not really come to terms with how he necessarily wants to deal with the situation. So, you know, he he hasn't made up his mind about the whole situation. So, you know, I, I think it would be a little bit uh, obtuse for them to go run off and tell such a personal thing in regards to someone's sexuality. So I, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, so again, we can skip the next yeah merch at the uh kickboxing gym again yeah we already talked about that we know where that's going yeah we are um, back so then we see uh, that's then we, right and we already talked about the conversation so now we're just gonna talk about the date um um old terry silver wants to spend new year's eve whether he wants to take her to paris for new year's eve and that's when she lets him know Listen, I just ain't invited to a party, and no, I didn't invite you, and no, I don't want to go to Paris. <laughs> I just don't trust you, because like you said, <laughs> flying to Paris doesn't impress her because she can take herself. Like I think, I think yeah. he's used to the type of women where that probably impresses them. Like if a dude hit me up and be like, "Yo, I'm flying you to Paris for New Year's Eve, let's go," you might impress me, but for somebody who can do it for themselves, like you said, that's not too. You know what I'm saying? Like she, mm -hmm. that don't, that don't move her. Like she was like, mm, that sounds nice, but nah. And that's, she tells him, like, I don't, like I said, I said at the beginning, you can't, if you trust the Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I'd rather be with my friends anyway, you know? So, and I think that was a little too personal for her. Because at this point, that's kind of going beyond just going on a date and I can go home at the end of the date. 
this is going away for the weekend type deal. This is going away on, on an overnight trip. So mm-hmm. this is like moving way too fast for her. Right. And it's like, wait a minute now. This, this, we can hang out and have some dinner and some drinks or whatever the case may be. At this point, it's just conversation. But now you're talking about going and sharing a room, sharing a bed, going on an overnight trip. Uh, I'm not signed up for that. I'm going to my homegirl party. <laughs> you know her. <laughs> and no, I didn't invite you. So enjoy yourself in Paris. I'm going to enjoy right. myself. My- Right, and no, I didn't say you could come with me. Damn, Jordan, playing with Terry. Terry Silver, Uh, Demetrius is is his name. But uh, they sit down, and again, he's trying to impress her by making dinner. And um, he talks about this place that he went um, somewhere out of the country. He learned how to make this, this pasta dish. And again, she's not bothered. She's not impressed. And um, she starts having this headache. And she asks him to go get the Imatrex off of the counter. And he's like, well, no, let me hold your hand. And he goes into this thing about how he had ulcers and how he learned how to calm his body down. So we see that she's still experiencing medical issues, headaches, migraines, most likely is what she's having, which has... Uh, probably been brought on by the amount of workload that she has. Her workload, the stress from that workload, and her trying to always keep it together and be poised and always ready to be in producer mode, but she doesn't focus on self-care at all. And um, so I think it started to take a toll on her, mm-hmm. not necessarily so much uh, physically, but it's just stress. And we know that stress induces all types of ailments um, that she needs to deal with. Uh, my question to you is, what do you think is happening with her? I mean, I think the same thing. I think it's stress. I think she's probably, I mean, I didn't even, honestly, that scene didn't hit me no kind of way. Like, I was just like, oh, she got a headache. I, I really didn't. Maybe if they do it a couple of more times, I would think think something of it. I always I just took it as a way for him to be like, once again, show, yeah, I learned this technique. Like I, I took it as another example of him being, you know, yeah, let me hold your hand and caress it and get ready. You know what I mean? So I didn't even look at it from that aspect. So I don't know. Maybe that's something to be on the lookout for this evolves into something bigger. Oh, I, I never I thought about it that, that way. I didn't think of it your way either. So we both got uh, different theories uh, where this could be going. And it could be both. Because you see when he started talking about that New Year's Eve trip, she slid her head up yeah. on his mirror. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> Paris sounds nice for you, not for me. <laughs> now, let me get my right. hand back and let's get You're going to have fun down by the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go ahead and eat this dinner. It's getting cold, and you got to get home before dark. So, <laughs> uh, um, Lance is what scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, or something like that, and accidentally uh, FaceTimes Jasmine. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> right. Accidentally FaceTime. Um, and I really like them. I really like where they're going with them. From the first interaction between the two of them, 
I said, okay, yeah, she's probably going to end up being his new meal. She's probably going to end up becoming his new meal. So uh, there's see, there seems to be some interest there on both ends, or whatever the case may be. He tries to play it off that he accidentally called I like her. They slow walked it. Like I, I like the, this is a, a slow climb. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, they're going at a, a pace um, kind of wants to put you in the mindset of maybe the same pace that him and Mia may have went at as well. So I think uh, actually he was on her Instagram. I think he might have been on her Instagram page just trolling <laughs> and accidentally called her. <laughs> she, he tried to play it off too. Like, uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't mean to call you. <laughs> uh, and he don't know how to act when she's on the uh, FaceTime with him. So I thought that was real uh, neat right. that that they're uh, doing a slow burn with this. And they're not making her thirsty for him either. So I kind of like that too, where it's right. the same thing that we're saying about Jordan. You know, she's not chasing behind this man. She's not chasing behind him either, but she is interested. She is interested, but she yeah. she's really trying to feel him out and see where his head at. And, you know, how you trying to approach me? So mm-hmm. I think we'll see more of them as well. I think we're gonna see more of them together as well. Um, one of the daughters. Uh, so we're over at Candace and Merch's house, and I don't know why. Uh, Candace is. I'm not gonna say she's not. Um, focus on what's going on with her family right now but at the same time it almost kind of seems like you know um one of the daughters is kind of like you know trying to figure out an outfit or something to wear to the new year's eve party and then the other daughter don't really want to go um she just wants to chill is that another talking point for the anxiety why did the other daughter not want to go to the uh party nobody didn't want to go oldest daughter was definitely dealing with anxiety over having the right dress because she she said kennedy is always so put together and so sophisticated that she doesn't want to look like you know she doesn't want to embarrass herself and you know so i think i think that the younger one, though, I'm the younger one, but definitely the older one, you know, didn't want to be bothered. You know, I mean, I mean, was dealing with anxiety. I don't know, but the younger one, though. Yeah, she definitely didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> she, she, she almost said she didn't want to be bothered. She's like, hey, I'm going over if I want to. I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm gonna stay home and watch TV. <laughs> and that was right. Watch TV. <laughs> and she just didn't want to be bothered. You know, and maybe yeah. she's just at that age where she's old enough, she's young enough that she can't go out, but she's old enough to stay home by herself. And she's like, I don't want to hang out with my parents and their friends. You know, you teenagers get to a point where, you know, they're like, I don't want to hang out with my parents and their friends. And she was too young to really be with Kennedy and that crew. So she doesn't really have anywhere to fit in. Ah, and you know what? You're right. She is too young to be hanging out with, uh, her parents' friends. I agree with that. Yeah. 
And it's like uh, they said when they got over there to the party, yeah, so. it was like, you know, they're old enough to stay home and mind themselves. You know, if they don't want to go, they don't want to go. Simple as that. Even though they got into the stash, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> uh, right. So did. Uh why do you think that um merch has not decided to tell Candace about the kickboxing? I don't know. Maybe he just wants something for himself, you know. Uh it's some me time. I don't know what it is about Candace and Merch that remind me of Maxine and um, Kitty from Soul Food. <laughs> and Maxine and Kitty House from Soul Food. I don't know why. Every, <laughs> yeah. time, every time they show that house, I think about Maxine and Kitty from Soul Food. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, the daughter. It does. Has- okay. It, it, I can see it's familiar. Yeah, it just—I don't know what it is about it, but it—it it just reminds me of Maxine and Kitty, and you know the the whole family just reminds me of them from Soul Food. So that means I got to watch a little bit of Soul Food. <laughs> but uh, I think one of the daughter has uh, a moment, and you know Candace tries to calm her and get her relaxed, and you know that's when they make the decision that you know you can stay home, you have to go to the party, or whatever the case may be. I think the other girl end up the other daughter end up staying home with them as well. Yeah. So, um, I don't think there's much to this storyline uh, with anxiety, other than the fact that Candace is looking for organic ways to treat uh, the daughter's anxiety. Uh, she's kind of against using medication. She wants to use uh, natural remedies for the anxiety. So, mm-hmm. I think we'll see mm-hmm. more of that. But I don't think it's going to go beyond other than her wanting to uh get some other type of therapeutic type of uh treatment for the daughter's anxiety robin's at home wrapped up Mm -hmm. in a blanket she is cold she is cold it is 65 degrees in that uh brownstone and she don't know what to do with herself jaha come over there with some space heaters and um he comments to her Mm -hmm. necklace that is that her husband bought for her or whatever, and he gives her a nice little Happy New Year hug, and I think that she might have heated up at that point. Didn't need the blanket anymore. Because you see it in my face. Heated up. <laughs> she heated up a little bit. <laughs> she warmed up a little bit when he gave her that hug, you know, and brought the heaters over there. Again, is as you exactly said earlier, we are seeing this as a slow progression that this man is not home and another man is taking care of your wife and daughter. Now, I'm not saying that the man is wrong. If the man was out gallivanting over town, hanging out at the club or whatever, I could see this. The man is out working. So, and they're not in a position where they can go together. She wants to stay home and do her grassroots movement with this uh, shelter thing that she's doing and the cooking and thing. And her husband is trying to stabilize his career. So they are on opposite sides of careers. Right. And, and they have a daughter that's in school. 
and they have a child that's in school. We get to uh, the uh, Shelby's and um, Quentin's party, which is beautifully decorated. Uh, I like the gold and silver theme. Yeah, I that really black like and that. gold was great. That black and gold was beautiful. And silver. That was really, really nice. I really like that. So that should be the thing for our New Year's party whenever we throw one. That's going to be the thing. Um, so they really kind of remind me of what New Year's has been like with me when I've hung out with friends and done the friend thing with the New Year's. Um, they're just old friends getting together, celebrating, bringing in a new year together. At this point, they're beyond old friends. They're a family. And so they're really trying to find themselves yeah. where yeah. they're at in their lives right now. You know, Candace is feeling a little guilty about being there and not at home with the girls. Merch is like, listen, we got an adult buffet here of all these delectable treats. <laughs> we need to enjoy yeah, ourselves. Like edibles. Uh -huh. <laughs> he was like, forget them kids. <laughs> he was like, let's focus right, on us. Right. I, like that. I really like that. Um, Robin probably should have stayed home. But I can understand why she showed up. She didn't really want to be home alone. But at the same time, with the mood and energy that she came right. with, it probably would have just been best for her to stay at home with that same mood and energy because it really was a downer for her when she saw everyone else, you know, coupled up and she's off to the side, don't really have nobody to talk to. And, you know, she's not really close friends with any of them there. You know, she's just a friend by marriage. Quinn and the little sassy ass girl um, is uh, fussing because she won Jingle Ball tickets or whatever. And he didn't get them for her because she brought home bad grades from school. And she sass off at him about her feelings about him not giving her the tickets. And finally, he asked the question. Five episodes later, he finally asked, why aren't you calling me dad? Okay. I feel like that should have been a topic that should have already been addressed and a that should have been a sit-down conversation and Kennedy, you know that I am your biological father. So I may have not been introduced to you initially as your father, but I'm your father. You know, you can at least call me dad. You know, so I, I think that that is because it came up and it finally came out. I think that we're finally going to get that addressed. And I think that this was maybe just a prelude to that. But I think that, in that, that's the one thing that I feel like. I'm sorry. I. I, that's the one thing I do feel like they've dropped the ball on because I never understood why they didn't address that. Like, immediately. Yeah. It should have been addressed that night on the FaceTime when Shelby and Quentin called her from the island to tell her that they had gotten married and she let the cat out the bag that Kennedy's always been yours. That should have been addressed. If it wouldn't addressed in that episode, it should have carried over into the next episode where it was a it was the morning after, and here's the conversation. 
But um, I think because they finally brought it up and because they waited so late to bring it up in the story, I think that we're going to see more of that. Lance gets to the party. Because I, 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 again... No, go ahead. I'm just saying they need to address it. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. I think they're going to address it. Lance gets to the party. And, you know, no, I'm just saying it needs to, needs to be addressed. Oh, yeah. I, I said they're going to address it. I, I think they're going to address it. I, I, I definitely think they're going to address it. Um, Lance gets to the party, and um, he's pretty much kind of like, you know, uh, uh, talking with everyone and kind of getting giving everyone an update on what's going on with him, kind of getting everyone else's update. Merch is high as a kite and getting ready to let the cat out the bag because he made a comment about LJ not wanting to play football anymore. And Merch and Shelby was on point. Shelby was on point because Merch was getting ready to let the cat out the bag. And like, oh, LJ doesn't want to play football anymore. Is that because he's and Shelby was like, oh, let's get the music going. Let's get some drinks going. Like, where are we sitting Like, but ironically, she's the one that ends up letting the cat out the bag. <laughs> but she did defense in this in this particular moment. She she ran interference in this. Uh, she ran a pass interference in this right. uh, particular situation, but she ended up letting the cat out the bag. Though, so that was kind of ironic. Um, again, I felt like uh, Robin should have stayed her ass at home because she's sitting there sulking and mad with her husband. She can't get him on the phone. He can't get a flight home for New Year's Eve. Um, she's just miserable at this point. And I think she has good reason to be disappointed that her husband's not there. But again, he's not there because he doesn't want to be there. He's there because he's trying to make a life better for you guys. But we see that they're slowly, slowly drifting apart. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And that I'm kind of disappointed about. I'm kind of disappointed about that. I know that you've always said, and pretty much everyone has always said that Robin and um, Harper were the least favorite characters in The Best Man. And I guess because of how we got introduced to her character, he wasn't really feeling her to begin with. And we all know that he belongs with Jordan, wants to be with Jordan. So this is a convenience marriage. I have always said that even in the first movie, I never felt chemistry with them. I never did. I mean, I think they like each other a lot and they probably do love each other, but I don't think it's that deep, passionate, you are the one. I'd never felt that. And I mean, honestly, I can remember, and I know it was 20 years ago, but I can remember watching the first Best Man. And I remember we went to see it in the theater and I remember leaving the theater going, that don't even make no sense. I never felt it. I did. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I remember that scene of them in the bathtub and he, or she asked him, did he love her? And he avoided the, the L word. Um, but I think that the writer has done a very good job pulling us back into that moment again, 20 years later, pulling us back into that moment because it clearly shows now after all these years, it showed even in um, <clears throat> Best Man Holiday, it showed. 
it wasn't as strong because there was a, a bigger narrative that was going on in Best Man Holiday with Mia passing. But right. now I think they're doing a very good job pulling all that together, pulling it all together from inception that y'all weren't a perfect match for each other. Y'all were a compatible match, but you weren't a match made in heaven. Y'all, y'all, y'all weren't each other's soulmates. So yeah, you are compatible and you guys end up right. producing a child. So there's love that's there, but it's not deep love. It's not passion. Right. And you I feel like right now, right. and I feel like right now she's developing passion for this other dude that's working this fruit stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I agree one hundred percent. It's not a fruit stand, but that's what I'm calling it. A fruit stand. That's it's terrible. But <laughs> right. But I agree with you 100 percent And and but you know what though? Even with that, the thing I'm loving about this about this series is this is life. In life, you don't get it right the first time sometimes. And maybe the person you were supposed to be with, it wasn't the right time. You met them at the wrong point in your life, but they were the right person. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's just real. And wow, for all the time, different reasons. Powerful. And sometimes it works out. That was a real powerful statement right there. I have to agree with that. Sometimes the people that we meet in our life, we may not meet them at the right time. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not the right person. Just not at the right time. Mm-hmm. Not your season. And that's exactly yeah. what we're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby's trying to tell Jordan that she didn't yep. give this man a cry or let this man go. Like, what you gonna do? And, you, and basically the same thing that we're saying. Like, you keep going out on dates with this man, you keep hanging out with this man, but you ain't trying to give him none. You ain't trying to take it nowhere. Like, you need to go on, jump on this plane, go to Paris with this dude, or you need to leave him alone. Like, what you gonna do? And she's right. Like you need to make a decision as to how you want this man to be in your life, because he's trying to pursue a romantic uh, relationship with you. You're not interested. But then she does the most stupidest thing and texts him "Happy New Year" and "I wish you were here." Like that's an invitation. And are you well, not surprised? He took it as one because he showed up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're, are you not, are you not surprised why he showed up? That was an invite. Like you should have texted him the day after. <laughs> it said happy. But she was happy to why see him when he showed up. She was happy to she see him. Like, she seemed like she was happy to see him, but was she happy to see him because she wanted to see him, or was she happy to see him because she had just gotten that advice from Shelby and she felt like that was the right thing to do? See, I felt like that was a uh, uh, in-the-moment reaction. I don't feel like she truly, earnestly wanted to actually say, you know what, she's right. I need to give this dude a chance. I think she just said, well, you know what, they might be right. And he's pressing on me. He's feeling me. Uh, let's see what he's talking about or whatever. I think that was just because, I'm not going to say peer pressured, but I feel like she was kind of guilted in, into doing it. I don't think that she really, truly was even genuinely interested because did she end up going to Paris with him or did he just come over and not go on his trip? Well, 
we don't we don't know he and you know we we know how the party ended so that's where the episode ended so we don't know what they did after after the party yeah. was over yeah hell after the way that so, party ended i wanted to go to paris <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Hey, I'll be like, is it still too late to charter that plane? <laughs> we can leave right now. <laughs> Kennedy okay, and LJ, can we go now? We can go right now. <laughs> Kennedy and LJ are laying up there in the room or whatever, and they're looking at the uh, video that they had made the other day of him with the wig on and dancing and whatever. And I think he finally comes to the decision that uh, because they were talking about how much they liked the video and they wanted to post it, and he's like, Oh, I can never post this. And eventually, he was like, He told him just to go ahead and post it. Shelby has a Finsta account to spy on her daughter and gets the notification. Why she chose to put this up on TV, I have no idea. <laughs> Somebody she can't see, and she, can't know, she, can't she, see. she didn't. Yeah, because when she first pulled it up, the girl was it was the girl. It wasn't him. You missed the part. Hold on real quick. Lance found girl never married, that Jasmine never got married. And so he called her and they had like a whole little flirty flirty New Year's Eve call. Oh, I forgot all about that. I forgot all about that scene. She Either he FaceTime her or she FaceTime him. One of the, they, somebody FaceTime somebody to tell them Happy New right. Year, and um, and I think he mentioned something about her being with her husband or whatever. And she was like, "Oh, I ain't got no husband. I didn't get married." You're right. And another point I missed right. too. We missed Robin. I mean, not Robin. Yeah, Robin got the text from old boy that the Robin rest of the talking. Uh uh no. Yeah. Robin got the text from her produce guy that the uh, restaurant got sold and she got upset. And that's when Lance went and che checked on her. I like how he ended his call with her. Like, hey, I, I, I got to go take care of something, but I'll call you back. But I thought that was a real best friend thing to do when you see your best friend's wife upset. To go and try to console her, I really I, yeah. I, he told he him he's like you, really you, like your wife needs you. Yeah, yeah. He texted him and told him that your wife needs you. I, I really thought that was a real best friend thing to do. That was I, I really like that scene. That was real powerful. And he put her into a cab and sent her home. He saw that she was struggling with being there tonight. She was upset about the restaurant. Like you know what? It's probably best that you go on home. And he put her in a cab and sent her on her way. I was like, yeah, okay, you need to get your ass back here. Yeah. Real yeah. quick. And you need to get your ass here. Yeah. Cause you ain't finna have no wife when you get home. And right. It yeah, it's about to be a problem, sir. And you listen, it wouldn't surprise me that when he got home that she wasn't there. <laughs> so yeah. So go ahead and take us out with the last scene. So so Shelby is checking on the daughter and she sees the daughter's Instagram and she sees that she's doing the, she saw the video, but she put it up on the screen. You know, I really anything of it, I don't think. Um, and um, that's when, because remember everybody in the room knows at this point, they know that Lance's son is non-binary. Everybody know Lance at this point. 
I don't think I don't think Robin knew, but everybody else knew. And the name Robin. Yes, I don't think Robin knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she knew, but everybody else knew. So it's up on the screen, and you see the son with the wig on and the dress. And just as that moment, of course, Lance comes walking in, and he realized that's his son up on that screen in a dress and a wig. And two, he realizes that everybody knew but him. So he's shocked. He's upset. He's So that's that's and where we that are was, with it. And that and that was a that was a very difficult way for him to find out about that in front of all of his friends that knew, right? And uh, of course he goes downstairs and he tells he does the typical reaction that we expected him to have, that we was waiting for him to have. He made LJ wipe the makeup off. We're going home right now. He's in denial. He was like, Are you gay? Do you want to be a man? Do you want to be a woman? I want to be both. So he's having a hard time trying to really understand what is it that he's seeing here? What is it that I'm hearing? And so I think the next few episodes are going to be a very emotional roller coaster for him and processing that. Um, and for that mm-hmm. part of the story, and for that yeah. part of the story, uh, it's taking me away from my best man roots. And I get that we are evolving the characters, but um, there's so many other stories that I feel like we need to be focused on instead of creating another narrative. Because at this point, Robin has been in balance ever since they went to that island for Quentin's wedding. She It started with her when she met that lady at the uh, shack and the lady was cooking for them or whatever. It's been present since then that she's wanted mm-hmm. to get her own restaurant. And we're just now getting to the point where she's pursuing that opportunity. Then, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, Tay Diggs had other commitments. Because it seems like he's been gone for a couple episodes now, right? Yeah, two episodes. Yeah, he's been gone for two episodes. So maybe he was shooting something else at the yeah, time. Yeah, maybe he could be. Maybe He may have had yeah. other commitments. Yeah, that might yeah. have been it. I didn't think about that. He may have had other commitments, but it had to write him out for a minute. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. Because the reason why I feel like that's what it is is because they would have shown him somewhere else. Because at this point, they haven't even given us a voiceover. They haven't even right. given us a voiceover when they're on the phone with him. It's always a text. Or just like when Quinn was like, when they called him, he's like, oh, I don't have no service. So I think they had to write him out just for a little bit because he was probably filming something else. But um, I think that maybe in the next episode or two, he'll be back. And let's see what that energy is like. So maybe we're getting this little thing with Robin yeah. because they had they, they were forced to have to write him out for temporarily. And so maybe this reaction that we're getting from her is because of that. They wrote that part in the story. So we'll see. All right, so I gave this episode about a seven and a half, seven and a half. All right, well, we will oh, be back to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The last thing we missed was when Munch and and his wife went home. The kids got into the stash, 
and they was high and you know because i don't know if that's important later on but yeah well that was funny I think it's gonna be important later on because in what's her name already experiment with marijuana for municipal purposes so <laughs> i guess it's probably going to be important to the story later on um all right so we will be back to break down six seven and eight we need to go ahead and get six seven and eight on out here and um uh give us our overall thoughts of the season uh right and be on the lookout yeah be on the lookout out over the next couple of uh, start getting ready gearing up for season two of bel-air we're going to do some character breakdowns we're going to kind of re uh review season one kind not not rehash everything but kind of talk about the main storylines of season one so we'll be ready um we go time isn't on our side but be on the lookout <laughs> be on the lookout all right all right guys well we'll see you guys next time all thanks right. for hanging out with us peace